Um, totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> he showed me a picture of a naked woman for some reason. <laughs> Who was that? The fappening. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Pulp Fliction. This is the top five edition. This is where we count down a top five of anything. Best movies, actors, favorite action scenes. This week, in honor of Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens, hitting theaters and shattering box office records because it's such an anticipated movie-going experience for so many, we thought we here at Pulp Fliction would count down our own personal Top five favorite movie theater experiences. This is going to be a fun list. I think it's going to should be really diverse. These are probably mostly going to be really personal. Yeah. You know, uh, probably won't go much in depth into the movie. More right. so, just tell a story. Right. Exactly. Right. So it's going to be yeah, it's going to be more like a storytelling time. I think. <laughs> um, and I don't really think there's really any stipulations. It's just what we, what movies nostalgia. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's just get right into it then. Jacob, your number five favorite movie theater experience of all time. Uh, my number five is The Ring. Yes! <laughs> yes! Because it's the only movie I've ever been to where my girlfriend asked me to leave. <laughs> this was the only one where I knew it was going to make your list because I've heard you tell the story before. Really? Yes. <laughs> Basically, I was squirming so much because the ring is so unsettling. At one point, yes. She finally goes, Jacob, if you don't like the movie, just leave. Just leave. And I was like, nope, no, I'm a man. I'm going to stay right here by your side. And I did my. I was on my best behavior after that. Oh, oh that's so funny. Like, but fair enough, because that movie is creepy. Yes, exactly. Oh, that movie is. Dude, Like, can you think, because um, it was such an unsettling experience for you, can you think of any highlights of like the biggest well, chilling or scary moments? <laughs> well, I know the last time we talked about this was when we listed our top five horror movies, I believe. Right. And afterwards, we watched like the video. Yeah. Like that they watch and just how creepy oh, and disturbing just so... and yes. backwards it seems. Um, so that's unsettling. I mean, you'll always say things where she crawls out of the screen. Yeah, or Samara walks Where it shows out. the girl in the closet. I mean, yeah, that doesn't the help when the it's closet. the first 10 oh. minutes of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... I don't know. It had like a really good score to it. Like there were so it many did. things that were so right about a movie that's so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there are so many, there's so few horror movies that I like, but uh, I think one, because of the story I associate with it. And you know, it's just a darn good horror movie. It is. It is. Um, I, that I, it's always been a funny memory in my mind. Uh, I wish you would have left though. I kind of, I kind of wish the story ended differently. Like, check you later. You were, man. Yeah. Check you later. Check I'll catch you later. me in the video. Arcade. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wish that was the end of the story. I wish it wasn't that I'm a man and I'm going to stick around like, yeah, I'm a little four year old girl. I'm leaving this scary ass movie. That would have been so much better. That would have been good. <laughs> <laughs> She's never going to whisper in my fucking ear ever again. What did you do to her? She was your daughter. You killed Samara, didn't you? You killed her when your wife My wife was not supposed to have a child. 
Mr. Morgan. What are you doing? Whispers. You can hear them all the time at night. In your sleep. Even the damn horses. Mr. Morgan, come out of and there. Those pictures. Oh, Christ. The things she's showing you. She's still showing them. And she'll never stop. You come in here. Proves that. Where is she? Please. I have to stop her. If I don't, my son will die. Oh, yes. He will. She never sleeps. Wait. No. Rachel, your number five favorite movie theater experience of all time. Mine's not nearly as fun as Jacob's, but uh, my number five is when I got to see The Godfather in the theater for the re-release for the 40th anniversary. Yes. I saw it at Tinseltown, and as much as I've always loved that movie, watching it on the big screen was, it just, it was kind of like watching a whole nother movie. I noticed so many things that I never noticed before, even as far as like stuff in the background, you just don't pay attention to that stuff until you see it on a big screen. And uh, I don't know, it, it did create kind of a magical experience that I haven't had watching it on the small screen. Were there, you, were there was it a big crowd, like people who came to see it? Um, I would say it was about half full. Didn't you see it, Brandon? I've seen it actually three different times at the movie theater. I saw 25th re-release and then some random showing and then the 40th uh, anniversary. Uh, for the 40th, I think when I saw it, I, it was about two-thirds full, I'd say. But it was in a big theater. I mean, it was a good turnout. But like half full, is that still 100 people? <laughs> I mean, right? I don't know. It was that Tinseltown, and it wasn't in sure. the I mean, XD theater. Those things, they hold a couple hundred people in them. So. Probably, yeah. yeah. I mean, there I mean, was a good crowd there. Yeah, it was, awesome. it was. Yeah, it was. Definitely... I never saw the Godfather on the big screen. That'd be a good one. Oh, it was. In fact, you saying that made me think of one that actually should have been my top five. But I was just bringing up my honorable mentions because those classics that we love when you do see them, there's it's a difference in watching on television. Mm-hmm. It's like when we talked about seeing Star Wars this weekend, and I saw it in 3D, um, and it was that much. Be- I generally don't like 3D movies, but it was just that much better of an experience um, because of the quality of the movie. You just right. have seeing things on the big screen has. It's just so much. It's so much better, right? Yeah, yeah. I uh, it was really, really, really close to making my list. The Godfather, because it's my favorite movie of all time, and it was amazing to see it on the big screen, um, especially the first time when I saw it for the twenty fifth anniversary, and back in nineteen ninety seven. That was a really, really cool moment for me. <laughs> you don't have to keep eating that. <laughs> Is it nasty? It was weird. Rachel has root beer and peppermint or something. <laughs> if you can spit it out. Dude. Yeah, I you can totally out spit it out. I spit those, out like those candies on this table are so hit and miss. <laughs> okay, it's Chris. Just to clear this up, it's Christmas, so I have like those candies, those hard candies that your grandma has that she puts in a candy dish, and then they all stick together after like yes. three hours. Yeah, and we've been picking at it. It's a it's candy hour. roulette, and some yeah. of them are delicious, <laughs> and some of them are awful. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, Christopher Walken just now. <laughs> and I just got deer hunter. You were. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh shoot spoiler you know, know what you could do <laughs> um, my number five favorite movie theater experience of all time actually the one of the reasons I was so pumped up about Jacobs is because my number five is actually a horror movie also and it was the most creeped out the ring was actually a, a consideration because I was really <laughs> creeped out in the ring but amazing this may surprise you but the most creeped out I've ever been in a movie theater was the Blair Witch Project now you have to understand the backstory for this. 
This was like this was 1999. Is this for people that weren't alive when this came out? Because I think everybody remembers what a big deal I mean, this was. I mean, if you're like 20 years old, you may not. I mean, you were. I remember like, when I saw it. I mean, I mean it, it didn't creep me out, but I remember. I remember, I remember how elements how it. big of a deal it was. It was, was a big yeah. deal, and what the thing was, you know, it was the <laughs> first movie that was marketed via the internet. And it kind of the first one that kind of went footage, viral, I believe, right? Well, and that was the th- it was the, it was definitely the first found footage movie. It started that whole thing, that whole genre. Thanks a lot, Blair Witch. But because <laughs> yeah, that's true. But because of that, I saw it on opening night. Uh, the buzz picked up so much people people didn't know whether it was real or not. So as you're watching it, yep. you didn't know how much. Like, is this actually was this real? Yeah. And like, it's funny to think of that now. But at the time, this was a whole People new were freaking thing. Freaking out about it, yeah. So is so as you're watching, you're not quite sure if this is real, not real. How real is it? Um, and so I'm watching it, and you know, I was creeped out, you know, throughout the movie. But but what got me was the very end when they go into the house because it all led up to that, and you didn't know what to expect. It was literally the only time in my life. You know, you see it all the time where that you scream like sissy girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not the first time you've done that. <laughs> no, that's true. Uh, you know, you you see people, you know, in movies covering up their eyes but lo- looking through their fingers. I that, did that I, in Rugback Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did that when they walked into the uh, the house at the end of the Blair Witch Project. And I was literally on the edge of my seat, literally looking through my fingers while watching the Blair Witch there at the end there. And I'll, I'll never forget how creeped out I was by that. So. Where is he? Where are you? Come on, Josh. I'm getting downstairs. Come on! I hear him downstairs! Come on! Josh! Josh? Josh, is that you down there? Josh? That reminds me of like after that movie came out, I went and found a bunch of sticks, like, sick people, oh, yeah. and I went and hung them in my friend's in my friend's <laughs> yard, like a whole bunch of them. They were they were they were awesome. freaking out. Oh yeah, that's hilarious. I'm glad I wasn't your friend then. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob, your number four favorite movie theater experience of all time. Uh, mine's actually a combination of both Jackass and Jackass Two. Really, without that's a doubt, it's one of the hardest laughs. Combined with nausea that I've ever experienced. Like, so really it's elements of every scene I generally laugh at. Look, how do you really even critique the Jackass movies? They are what they are. Yeah. Um, Do you all even like the Jackass premise? Uh, I like them as throwaway entertainment, like kind of mindless They entertain me for about 15 minutes and then I'm pretty much done with it. Right. Like I would be at parties or I would throw a party and I would just put it on the television in the background so that if we were all (laughs) hanging out, we could at least turn over – you know, and watch yeah, 15 minutes and yeah, have a good laugh. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good I way. I mean, to... it is what it is. Yeah. But it's really uh, like one particular moment where the 
they jerk off a horse and then he drinks the semen and we're laughing so <laughs> I like hard. I just nonchalantly said that. So <laughs> yeah. Just going on. And we go from laughing so hard to, to, to dry heaving yeah, in our chairs. Oh, I mean, so and it's nasty. disgusting because they, yeah. they do such nasty oh, stuff. That's so, but you know, we so have three movies of this and they're all <laughs> pretty darn funny. And I, I, I love the Jackass series. I love them. I laugh so hard because it's just the terrible guy humor that's in it. <laughs> some of them work and some of them don't. I'm not saying the horse thing worked. <laughs> but it's the uh, thing you remember the I most. will never forget my friend about losing his popcorn. <laughs> that reminds me, it didn't make my list. It's an honorable mention, but now I want to mention it because of what you just said, yeah. the, the combination of hilarity and being grossed out. When I saw Borat <laughs> in the movie theater, I went. Uh, I, oh, we went with a big group of people, uh, but when that scene happened where he was naked wrestling his manager, oh, the gosh. big fat guy on Before the it was bed, exhausting. Oh, but I a jackass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, he he wrestled <laughs> with the dude. I can't handle that. Now jerking off a horse and drinking the semen. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it was a. We were laughing and so disgusted at the same time. And my dude on. The dude I was with, I mean, he was like hurting from laughing so hard, and I'll never forget that. So it's kind yeah. of the same thing for me. And then he, Rachel, your number four <laughs> favorite movie theater experience of all time. Joke? It was, okay. but I decided oh. not to. All right, then. <laughs> um, my number four was I saw Tetro at a little theater in Tulsa called the Circle Cinema. Uh, but it wasn't because it was Tetro. It was because before the movie started, there was a Skype chat with Francis Ford Coppola, who directed the film. Amazing. Um, and it was kind of like uh, this theater is really good at hosting events like that. And you can do a whole lot of cool stuff. They put on a bunch of cool stuff there all the time. But this was kind of um, the first one that I'd gone to. And of course, love Francis Ford Coppola. And I've seen him speak since then. But this was the first time that you actually got to sit there. And he was like taking audience questions. Um, he seemed, he just seemed like your lovable dad, like your grandpa. And you just, he would just sit back and tell you stories. And I don't know. It was a lot That's of fun. Really cool. It felt really personal because this screening, I want to say, I know that I got off work to do it. So it was either like right around five o'clock or it may have been earlier than that. I don't remember, but there was probably, I don't know, 20 people in the theater or something like that. I mean, I mean that's was, an amazing, it's like an intimate chat with one of the most legendary directors of all time. Yeah. I mean like you're like a small percentage who don't get to do that. So I can totally see that. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Like if I went to find say a jaw screening and there's Spielberg, they're like taking a Q and a, like, I don't think I would ever forget that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, really cool. No, that's that's. Uh, I happened to be there also. <laughs> you with, just happened to show with, up with Rachel. We didn't drive one up here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, it was uh, it was an amazing experience. I mean, he's one of my favorite. Directors so the percentage is going up. I see. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, Coppola is one of my all time favorite directors. I mean, it, it was just such a cool, cool. If you ha ever have an opportunity to, to do something like that, you know, with. With Skype these days, it's it's happening a little bit more often, but you don't usually get to do it with Francis Ford Coppola, and uh, not many people ever will. So, 
Yeah. Well, it was cool, cool, you know, because he wasn't just talking about that movie. He was talking. No, he talked about all sorts about the Godfather and Apocalypse. He talked about his winery. He talked about. I mean, he he was telling personal stories. He was talking about his family. It was. It wasn't just about Tetro the movie, which actually was pretty good, by the way. Not great, but good. Um, But it wasn't just about that movie. He answered questions about anything, and it was a really cool personal chat. Well, I watched the the People vs. George Lucas a while back, um, prepping for the Star Wars movie. And um, he, they actually interviewed him about George Lucas. And I never really listened to him talk before. And he seemed very methodical, very personable, very, mm-hmm. you know, like always seemed probably positive in a way, it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, I really liked hearing him talk. And so, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Brandon, your number four. Well, piggybacking on Francis Ford Coppola, uh, my number four favorite is Heat. When I saw Heat... In the movie theaters. Came out in 1995. You were probably about 25, 30. <laughs> I was actually... That's impressive if you remember that. <laughs> I um, just graduated high school. It came out in the summer of 95. And I graduated oh. just like a month or two before that. <laughs> or a year or five, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but Al Pacino was already my favorite actor at this point. Doc Kilmer was my second favorite actor at this point. And of course, Robert De Niro was one of my favorites. And it was just, well, ish. Uh, You got the look. (laughs) But but getting to see, I mean, I know you guys were pretty young at the time. 13. Um, 15. um, You're bad at math. You were 12. Um, Weren't you born in 83? Yep, bad at math. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But getting to see it, I don't know if you guys remember the hype around Pacino and De Niro sharing – screen time for the first time ever then i wouldn't but we've talked about enough in the show where i I totally get it now or i would have recognized it 10 years ago yeah i mean like if this if if this were to happen now i mean it would be so hyped and i mean it would be it, it would be crazy hyped and it was at the time without the internet but it was still it was such a big big deal and i was just so jacked up to see these two together on the screen no story or anything horse jacked up (laughs) (laughs) i will say there is there wasn't any horse semen but there might have been some brandon semen in the movie theater after the dining scene Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so yeah pacino de niro heat big time uh jacob your number three favorite movie theater experience of all time actually you spoiled it it is borat Oh, that's why I was serious? holding off on it. It's without doubt Borat. Oh, that's we, awesome. I was with about eight eight guys. You know, it's in a crowded theater anyway. Yeah. And one of the most exhausting movies I've ever seen. Because you laugh so hard? Because I laugh so yes, hard. Yes, thank you. And I've always said this about Borat, which if you remember, which if you don't know this about Borat, it won Best Screenplay. Yeah, deservedly um, so, too. Deservedly so. But it is so nonstop. It is so like, what can they throw at us next? And then you, at the very end of it, you have two naked guys wrestling in a hotel. It's I mean, awesome. like it, it's it's nonstop for an hour and a half. I mean, we were laughing so hard we couldn't even breathe. Yeah, and that's like, and, that's, and, that's literally. And then what you're happened there with us. your buddies and you're sharing this 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 crazy movie and these moments, and and we were all looking at each other like, can you believe what we're seeing? And I mean, I I was I was just killed over so hard. I I, I like I said, I couldn't breathe. That that sounds exactly like my experience with Borat, and that's why it almost made my list as well. Yeah, I I don't have much more to say to that. I I think Borat's a very smart movie. I think it's an acquired taste from a certain perspective. I think it's more for a young audience. I'll say that. Um, but, but it's smart, you know. Like there's a smart. lot of like commentary about 
social issues and things oh, like that yeah. in Borat. On the surface, it doesn't seem that way. But Sasha Baron Cohen is actually a really sharp dude. He's a really smart guy. And he actually tears down a lot of like prejudice and, and mm-hmm. some political stances and things like that, some issues through this ridiculous character. And he's like – it's like that character is kind of taking the side of that, but he's showing how ridiculous it is right. by being that character. Yeah, it's certainly extreme. Jean Dobre, in Kazakhstan, it is illegal for more than five women to be in the same place except for in brothel or in grave. In the USNA, many women meet in a groups called the feminists. I find them more. Chen Kui. So what I mean is that this feminism... It's the theory that women should be equal to men in matters economic, now, social... Now you are laughing. Yeah. That is the problem. Do you think a woman should be educated? Definitely. But is it not a problem that the woman have a smaller brain than a man? That is wrong. But the government scientist, Dr. Yamak, have proved it is size of squirrel. Your government scientist? Uh, yeah, so Dr. Yamak. He's wrong. He's wrong. Give me a smile, baby. Why angry face? <laughs> well, uh, what you're saying is very demeaning. Do you know the word demeaning? No. We are saying to you. I that could not concentrate on what this old man was saying. They should get paid All I could think about was this lovely woman in her red water panties. Who was this CJ? Last night I see in my hotel room um, a woman called a CJ on a television. Do you know her? No. Uh, she uh, from a town called the Baywatches. She's just on television. Her name is Pamela. Does she live here in New York no, City? No, she lives no. in California. Yeah. Oh, in the California. <laughs> He's going to look her up. <laughs> okay, can we finish now? Listen, pussycat, uh, smile a bit. All, All right. right. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Okay. I'm done. We're finished. Let me ask you this, because I've never really looked into it. Are the people that are around him, outside of like the guy who drives him around or his manager, are they real people or not? Oh, they're real people. They're, All of uh, them? Even like the people who are like own the bed and breakfast. Now, now okay, the, yes, they were real people. Now, okay, in Borat the movie, when he interviews, are they, are they were they all liberals? I can't remember. Yeah, those were real people, okay. and that was the thing. Because have you ever watched the series on HBO? Oh, You've got to watch in, the in Ology spurts, Show. It's been a long time, and I know you're a fan of the Ology uh, Show. Yeah. Huge, huge yeah. fan. Hilarious, and and all those are real. Now in the movie, because it's a movie, and they could. There, because it has a storyline, because the show didn't have a storyline. It was just interviews, you know, little quips from him in between. But there had to be a storyline, so there had to be a few random scripted things. But by and large, all those other characters were real, besides his manager. Yeah. And and besides the hooker, I believe the hooker was an actress. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but everybody else, because those were his kind of compatriots in the right. movie. But all the other people were real. Borat was so good, so unexpected that I think we all wanted the dictator, Bruno, to follow yeah, that. And they just yeah, never did. No, and they I didn't. Probably, most people are disappointed. I think because of that hard laugh that you rarely, I think you rarely get. I've only yeah. had those hard laughs. This, Dumb and Dumber, and it's, it's pretty hard. It's rare. I, 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 know, I know I wasn't like, like that in Anchorman. It took me several times. Yeah, Anchorman, Anchorman was more of a to, and, you oh, liked more Jackass. After. Actually, Jackass is where I had that hard laugh. I mean, other than those, I, it's pretty rare. So I'm 35 years old. Yeah. So what's that percentage? You know, it's just for me crazy. The only ones I remember laughing at Borat. Um, 
I laughed really, really hard in There's Something About Mary. Uh, yeah. First time I watched it. But that you have to remember that was kind of the first – that was really pioneering as far as that type of humor. Sure. Uh, and I really laughed really hard the first time Ace Ventura too. Hmm. Brandon was there when a lot of different types of movies were pioneered. That kind of humor, <laughs> found footage. Well, you know, he's probably was, he's fortunate too because he was old enough to go to the theater, whereas I wasn't right? allowed to go to half of these. Yeah, I mean, true. I'm half joking and half serious though because like like I've never got to see something about Mary with a large group of people. I did right. Dumb and Dumber, but like a lot of these movies. There's, it's so important to see them with a big group of people. Comedies, especially. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, and I'm and I'm so bad about that sometimes, especially here these last couple of years. But that's what made Borat so memorable because yeah. it was a, it was opening weekend, or because we were up at the, close to the front, over to the side, and it didn't even matter, man. We were just hee hawn. Yeah, yeah. hee Rachel, your number three favorite movie theater experience of all time. You're gonna start noticing a trend here, but it was a nightmare on Elm Street. At that same theater, it's the 30th anniversary, and freaking Freddy Krueger and Nancy were there. Which, Nancy is actually from Tulsa. Heather Langenkamp. Hey, Heather Langenkamp. Um, She's from Tulsa, and also Gray Fredrickson was there. Was he there for that one? Uh, No. No, just kidding. (laughs) We'll get back to Gray Fredrickson here in a minute. Which he could have been at a France Ford Covlo one, or the other one I'm going to bring up. Um, But... How cool is it to see A Nightmare on Elm Street with Freddy Krueger and Heather Langenkamp in the audience? They did a whole Q&A before. Did he walk around with his glove on? That'd he be didn't. He was that would have been awesome. He was very Robert England. But what's funny, <laughs> in all their promotional materials, it said, Robert will not be in makeup. Like, they made sure that everybody knew. Like, you're going to take a picture with Freddy Krueger, but it's just going to be Robert England. Um, but he's another guy. I've heard him talk. He... Robert England's an interesting character and in that I think that he is I think he's actually a pretty good actor which you wouldn't think you think Freddy's a fairly simple character but there are a lot of more thing a lot more things that go into Freddy than you would think but he talks like he is like He talks like he's like this trained classical like like he's like a Shakespearean yes. actor. Yes. Like he very I don't think weird. he realizes that he's just Freddy Krueger. That he was in Zombie Strippers. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if he gets He talks it, but, like he's Lawrence Olivier. He does. But I will say, I mean, like, I think these movies, he all takes all of his movies really seriously, whether they're Zombie Strippers or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, <laughs> he, he's a very serious actor. And then Heather Langenkamp was just, uh, she just seemed like a normal person to me, which, she, I mean, she is. She's not a very good actress. And pretty much all she ever did was A Nightmare on Elm Street, even though she did all of them. Well, when you said Nancy, I had to look it up, even though I just watched this movie. I mean, she is the main character other than Freddy Krueger. I still gave A Nightmare on Elm Street a four. I know. We're not going to talk about that, though. That's just me messing with y'all. You're just just wrong, and that's okay. Uh, But that was a really cool cool. experience. Apparently, I need to go to more movies where actual stars are there. That sounds, like, that sounds like that could be fun. I mean, it's a I, really, really cool experience. I will say, if you ever get the opportunity to do it, go, because that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Really, really cool thing. Not around these parts. <laughs> <laughs> My number three favorite movie-going experience of all... Excuse me. Of all time <laughs> is Grindhouse. 
the uh, Quentin Tarantino wow. slash Robert Rodriguez. That was a lot of that fun. That was a random one. It, okay, let me I tell you it. why, though. It was cool because when it was released, you know, now everybody looks at it as Death Proof and Planet Terror, two separate movies. But when it was first released, and it didn't last this way for real. I think they only did this for a week because it actually didn't do all that well. It um, was awesome, though. But it was so cool. They played Planet Terror. And then they had all those fake trailers, those grindhousey trailers, because they wanted people to get the grindhouse experience, that seventies, you know, kind of slummy movie experience that the grindhouse were that these were all based on. So it was Planet Terror, then all those fake trailers. Machete uh, was in there. Machete was in um, there, which became a real movie. Thanksgiving was Thanks in Killing, it. I Thanks think Killing. Is what it was. <laughs> um, and then they also took an intermission. Uh, so you could like go, you know, get, you know, oh, popcorn, awesome. whatever you want to Well, here's do. actually the description of it. This is really good. Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez homage to drive in double features in yes. the 60s and 70s with two back-to-back cult films that include previews of coming attractions between them. Exactly. I, see, I would mm-hmm. never even have known that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I remember when Grindhouse came out, but I didn't understand it and what they were going for. I didn't care enough to research it. Yeah. But... Oh, it was yeah, a it's, ton of fun. It's so much fun. It, it was such a cool experience. Uh, it was like they took you back to the 60s and 70s drive-ins. It was, it was a really, really neat deal, and it played out so well. And I think everybody that went that opening weekend knew exactly what they were going in for and loved it. Uh, you know, if you watch them separately, Planet Terror separately and uh, Death Proof separately, are they anything special? Not really, but – Together as a whole package with the previews, the, and the whole experience, experience was a, was lot, a of lot of fun. Yep, yeah. totally agreed. Hey, Warren, is there anybody in this place you could vouch for to give me a ride home? Fair lady, your chariot awaits. You've been eavesdropping? <laughs> eavesdropping and can't help it here. I think I belong in the latter category. So, uh, icy hot, you offering me a ride home? Offering you a lift, if when I'm ready to leave, you are too. And when are you thinking about leaving? Truthfully, I'm not thinking about it. When I do, you will be the first to know. Will you be able to uh, drive later? I know looks can be deceiving. But I'm a teetotaler. I've been drinking club soda and lime all night, and now I'm building up to my big drink. Which is what? Virgin Pina Colada. Okay, why would someone who doesn't drink spend hours at a bar drinking water? You know, a bar offers all kind of things other than alcohol. Hmm, really? Like what? Women. Nacho Grande platters. The fellowship of some fascinating individuals like Warren here. <laughs> alcohol is just a lubricant for all the individual encounters that a bar offers. Ooh, is that cowboy wisdom? I'm not a cowboy, Pam. I'm a stuntman. But that's a very easy mistake to make. I remember that, too. I didn't think of that, but that's that was a good choice. Thank you. Jacob, your number two favorite movie theater experience of all time. This will probably be my most surprising pick as I don't long know. as I am ever on this podcast. Jackass, Jackass was, was pretty <laughs> surprising. I did not see that coming um, at all. My number two pick is actually Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. No, I understand that. That's actually not. Well, we're talk, we're, because we're talking about movie going experience, right? Because like my hatred for the prequels will forever be 
But that was, and I think I know. I, I actually think a lot of Star Wars fans will agree with me on this. That was one of the best trailers I've ever seen. I still remember mm-hmm. that teaser trailer was one of the coolest trailers I've ever seen. Oh yeah, expectations were high. Yep. I mean, like a lot of people put on their, on their defense with the Episode Seven coming out because of how much they were burned. Now it worked out pretty well, and yada yada. Yeah. <laughs> but when Phantom Menace came out, like. I mean, look, we all understand just the hype behind it, the lines, the, mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen the video, the footage of, I mean, it's all, I mean, I'm not saying it's probably would start like things like uh, cosplay and things like that, but you definitely were showing up wearing your Star Wars outfit. I, I, I think I saw it several times. So it came out in 99, <clears throat> you know, we stood in line for hours all day long. I saw it opening day. I remember, like, people had light. That's when you you were allowed to bring, like, the lightsabers into yep. there. Yeah. Um, everyone was screaming. You had lightsabers that was amazing. going around. I mean, it was so exciting. It was so exciting. Everyone was so happy. Like, we, yep. you know, I mean, when the crawl came up, when Lucasfilm came oh, yeah. up, when Just everybody a cheered. long time ago, every time, I mean, people were freaking out. Yeah. And that kind of happened, like, this weekend. Right. But nothing but not like to a the Phantom level. Menace. Not to the nothing level. Nothing like a Phantom Well, it had Menace. been so long. You know, and since the prequels, yeah. Star Wars has has been you know kind of at the forefront still mm-hmm. ever since then. But between the original trilogy and the and the prequels, there was so much time, and it had become such an iconic series by that point. So I mean, fans were so bloodthirsty for something yep. new. I mean, the well, even when Lucas released the original special editions in ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven, like I don't even remember those. I kind of remember. St- Star Wars, but I don't really remember that because the Phantom Menace has completely taken over. Right, basically all the things that you just said, just because of the hype and the buildup. I mean, it was, it was unlike. Really, if it weren't for my number one, I mean, I will probably always remember that so much of Phantom Menace because of how excited we all were, mm-hmm. and of course the rest followed. And even then, after the movie, we were trying to lie to ourselves that it was a good movie. We were all, <laughs> in, you know, in denial and, and yeah. that sort of thing. Doesn't matter. Like I'll I'll never forget that. Well, it's been fifteen, sixteen years. So for the sixteen years, I'll never forget it. You know. Well, regardless of of the the content of the movie itself, you'll never forget the experience, and that's half the fun, really, Mm -hmm. of going. And let me take this opportunity to rant really quick about something that I hate nowadays. You know what made that so amazing back then? One of the things I should say was that it was released at midnight. Okay, so everybody was going at the same time. The lines were crazy backed up. Nobody had seen it before you or anything like that. It was all happening at midnight, and there were showings all over the place. They are getting sold out. I hate so much. And the reason it was you know, released at midnight is because it's supposed to be released on the Friday, on on that date. And so they released it right at midnight. And so it becomes a big, big thing. And the true fans, you stay up late. You talk about how you're going to like be tired of work tomorrow or school tomorrow. It doesn't matter because you're seeing the yeah. like you're sacrificing. Yeah. And I hate so much now that they've done exactly with movies what they did with Black Friday, whereas Black Friday used to be at like 4 in the morning, then it crept mm-hmm. up to midnight, then 10 p.m., then 8 p.m. Now, now all of a sudden during Thanksgiving yeah. Day. They've done the same thing with movies where like these new movies like The Force Awakens, it premieres at 7 p.m. on a Thursday. Then at seven thirty, then at eight, then at eight fifteen, then at nine o'clock, then at nine thirty. So there's not all these. Not everybody's seen it at the same time. 
experiencing it all at the same time. And like, if you want to see people dress up, well, are they there at the midnight ones? Or are they at the nine o'clock ones? Or are they mm-hmm. like it's ruining the experience? I feel I'm ranting because I I really hate this. No, I understand. And, and it and it kind of runs the whole idea of it being an early release because it's a midnight quote unquote. Right. You're not sacrificing staying up anymore. You're not right. showing who the true blue fans are. I was are. at the eight o'clock Thursday night Star Wars showing. Right. But like there were plenty. I mean, shoot, I went and saw. Uh, Watchmen at midnight when it came right. out, you know? Yeah. And you would have seen it at midnight if that was... And I don't blame you for exactly. seeing it at 8 o'clock. I mean, a lot of fans would. Right. I mean, it's the earlier showing. I don't blame you at all. The earlier, the better if they're showing it, but I just hate that they're doing it. Yeah. I mean, uh, and then you're not... It's, it's all not about, Friday Because anymore. it's all about the money exactly. and all that stuff. Exactly. So. I just uh, hate it. Another cool thing about this, though, is that this came out the day I graduated high school. Oh, did so it really? May 19th, 1999. Oh, that's so awesome. So we all basically... We graduated high school and then we camped out or we had family members camping out in line and then half that theater was my graduating class. Wow. So it was just that's awesome. Tack on even more kind of, you know, we watch it with a not even just a couple of friends, but yeah, a good group of big that's group awesome. of friends. And this that one awesome. uh, The Force Awakens comes out when you graduate from college. That's true. Of, yeah. yeah. Graduate with my masters and my favorite movie comes out. Yeah, that's awesome. Rachel, your number two favorite movie going theater experience of all time i just want to say i fully support your midnight rant because it thank really you. ticks me off thank you well and i think that the whole experience would be better for everyone like it was the, the it was so much more yeah. exciting before you so could see it more. 15 times before midnight isn't that crazy i still try to see things at midnight just because i can just because i think that's the way it should be because you're being bullheaded i want to be in bed <laughs> <laughs> i got no problem with it uh anyway you'll notice the trend continues but this one seems a little bit weird considering it's in front of Francis Ford Coppola, one of my favorite directors, and A Nightmare on Elm Street, one of my favorite horror movies. UHF with a Q&A with Weird Al and Gray Fredrickson. Heck <laughs> this yes. Was, again, at that same theater in Tulsa, it was the 25th anniversary of UHF. Jacob's making a face like he's never even heard of UHF. I've never heard of it. It's Weird Al's movie. It's become kind of a cult classic. I'm looking at it's it. It's not good. It's got seven... Seven. It's a cult per, classic. Seventy percent by the fans. It's a. It's not what you would call a good movie, but it certainly is a fun movie, and it has like um, Kramer. Can't remember his real name right now. Michael Richards. Michael Richards. I was going to call him Keith Richards, and I knew that wasn't right. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's 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 a fun movie. It was filmed in Tulsa. Gray Fredrickson is he was the producer. He also produced The Godfather. And huh. he is actually from Oklahoma. So <laughs> they ended up filming it here because of uh, because it's cheap, cheap. And, uh, you know, Oklahoma gives rebates for that kind of stuff. So Gray Fredrickson said, oh, we're on a tight budget. Let's film this in Oklahoma or let's film it in Tulsa. You're doing great, Stanley. Now, remember, you got to pace yourself. You got a long way to go before tomorrow night. Yeah, I can do it, George. I can do it. All right. Now, just take it easy. Is there anything I can get you? Uh, uh some Play-Doh. Okay. No, 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 don't. Get, get me some bubbles, some real big bubbles. I'll see what I can do. Who is it? Got a pizza here for Mr. Stanley Spadowski. Pizza? For me? Oh, boy. I like peppers. I love anchovies. Because they're real fishy. 
Sometimes I just like to get a pizza with nothing on it but anchovies. No peppers or olives or onions. Just anchovies. Because they're good. So, uh, are we going to kill him? No, no. The boss just wants us to keep him on ice for a while. Easy, easy. Hey, wait a minute. You guys aren't from the pizza place. Weird Al was in town. I believe he was doing a concert and a book signing and doing this UHF thing. This this only happened in Oklahoma because he was here at the time and I it reckon, was a special Oklahoma thing. I recognize this movie poster. In fact, there's a shot of him in a Rambo outfit shooting yeah, a gun. Yeah. And I, re- I recognize that You've image. Oh, the movie's awesome. You should oh, honestly watch the movie. It's a hilarious movie. Well, I'll put it way I down. I mean, it's better to somewhere. watch it with Weird Al, but <laughs> even if you can't, then it's worth a watch anyways and it wasn't just weird al is is so funny and so smart and so i mean he's all the things you mean that like you in would, real life or in the yeah, movie okay. in real life he's all the things that you would expect weird al to be um yeah. just he's yeah. just a really sweet guy and <laughs> sorry that caught me off like <laughs> well what do you think when you see weird al you expect him to be a nice funny guy yeah yeah that's true uh, and, and, and he's a nice funny guy and he's really smart and he was so gracious to the fans absolutely and very kind of thankful for everyone being there uh it's obvious that rachel and i like going to the circle cinema in tulsa to to meet celebrities and hang out with them and watch movies with them uh highly recommend doing that but weird al was just a super cool guy and even like because it was filmed here, they had a bunch of the side characters. Like if you've watched enough, you know all of these characters. Um, but they still live in Tulsa, and these people came up and they were like, "Oh my gosh, you're the guy that got shot with the fire hose!" Like, hmm. and these are just normal dudes that were just extras, basically. But they came back to the screening, and that was a lot of fun. They had um, Twinkie sandwiches, which are in the movie. Like they did. Like even the snacks that they sold were based around the movie. It was just, it was a whole lot of fun. It's one of the most fun experiences I've had in a the theater. Cool. Who'd have thought it? That's I know, a random right? one. Yeah, it is really random, but it was a blast. It was, and it's worth watching. Honestly, UHF. It's it's kind of a cult classic now. It's, yeah, it's I mean, a if funny you think movie. Jackass is funny, then you should like UHF. I, I mean, mean, it's, it's a not. Spoof. It's, a, it's a spoof, spoof. but it, I mean, it's not like super smart humor. What does but. UHF stand for? Do y'all know? I mean, it was. The, I mean, it, TV or does it used to be VHF and UHF. Yeah, like okay. that's what it's UHF used of. to be like the uh, 25, 34, 43. But I can't actually remember. Uh, I can't remember what something high frequency. I forgot right? all about that. But see, something I'm, I'm not frequency. as wise as you are, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon was so, he used those TVs a lot more than you did. So UHF, it was it was kind of like the uh, the more local stations. So it was, and that's what this was. It was yeah, a he's a, he. Did you have the father that used you as a personal remote control? Like, go change the channel. <laughs> click, yeah. click, click. Yeah, and then you'd have to like stand a certain way for the antenna to work and then like move around. Move more to the left. Yeah, all right. Now just stand there for the next two hours so I can watch Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke. Nice choice. Thank you. Nice. My number two favorite movie theater experience of all time is Spider Man. The original Spider Man with Tobey Maguire. And this is, Jacob's going to pull up the picture of, of Tobey Maguire crying. Because <laughs> that's what he time, does. Does it every time <laughs> I bring up Spider-Man. Here you got to realize, I was a Spider-Man fan, like a legitimate Spider-Man fan since the time I was like three years old. You find any pictures of me from like three on, I'm probably either wearing a Spider-Man or Popeye or Godzilla shirt. Uh, and more than likely, it's going to be Spider-Man. 
uh, <laughs> I like that Jacob makes fun of me. This whole episode is based around his love for Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> 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 that is a much better picture than I was anticipating. <laughs> Spider-Man's never looked better. Um Totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> he showed me a picture of a naked woman for some reason. Who was that? The fappening. <laughs> <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> she was really hot. <laughs> um, uh, so back to my childhood love. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I thought I threw you off. <laughs> no, so Spider-Man, I, you know, he was my childhood hero, and I forever, you know, since the time I, I fell in love with movies, I kept wanting them to make a Spider-Man movie. Kept wanting them to make a Spider-Man movie, and they finally did. And I was so hyped up, and I was so excited. You know, regardless of what you think of the Spider-Man series, I mean, really, most people loved one and two. They were really critically and um, really critically acclaimed audiences loved and made a lot of money and that first Spider-Man movie really kicked off the, the wave of comic book movies that we're in now and it actually broke the record for opening weekend at the time which I think it broke what it with like something year did like, X-Men come out? Okay, I knew you were going to say that X-Men actually came out I think a year <laughs> or two before that but it was kind of middling didn't have a whole lot of success and it didn't have the scope that Spider-Man did and it didn't have the marketing push that Spider-Man did and it didn't have no seriously I'm not sure if I agree with anything that you just said no but Spider-Man it really is credited with I mean because it was such a huge blockbuster success and that's when studios were like oh let's start making comedy. Yeah, I, I do feel like, like X-Men was like the guinea pig and then Spider-Man or whatever came after that I mean I would compare it to like Oz and the Sopranos Oz technically came out first, but The Sopranos was far more successful with critics and audiences. Interesting and statistic I have here for you. X-Men grossed worldwide $209 million. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man grossed a whole lot more, $806 million. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it was I mean, it was, was world's difference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man, like, doubled that. Actually, literally did double that just domestically. <laughs> Mr. Osborne. Peter, thank God for you. You killed those people on that balcony. The goblin killed. I had nothing to do with it. Don't, don't let him take me again. I beg you. Protect me. You tried to kill Aunt May. You tried to kill Mary Jane. But not you. I tried to stop it. I couldn't stop it. I would never hurt you. I knew from the beginning. If anything ever happened to me, it was you that I could count on. You, Peter Parker, would save me, and so you have. Thank God for you. Give me your hand. Believe in me, as I believed in you. I've been like a father to you. Be a son to me now. I have a father. His name was Ben Parker. Godspeed, Spider-Man. 
It was my childhood hero finally coming on the big screen. And it was crazy because all the hype, like everybody else was so into it as well. Like everybody else was freaking out, which made my experience that much better. And the fact that I was breaking records and stuff like that. My whole family went. I was at a radio station at the time. A lot of uh, people that I knew from there went. So I had a group of like 30 people that went with me. It was just an amazing experience and I loved it and it met my expectations and even more. Uh, it was just a really, really, really cool experience for me to see Spider-Man on the big screen. Cool. I mean, I, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob, you're number one. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. No, you're, the best thing that you contributed was definitely that picture, so we're good. <laughs> um <laughs> Um, you're number one, and I actually have no clue what this is going to be. You've heard the story, though, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, my number one is, without a doubt, Jurassic Park. That's right. Oh, uh, okay. yep. It's 13 yep. years right. old, That's and right. I think this may have been my first probably PG-13 movie. You know, I'm, basically, my parents didn't let me go see rated R movies very much, and rarely PG-13. I mean, when you're 13, what are you, like 7th grade, 6th grade, something like that? So, anyway, I always say this is the... My number one because it's the first time I ever cussed in front of my parents. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Because of the scene where they're climbing into the ceiling and the raptor jumps up right at the screen. Oh, yeah. And I remember just going, oh, shit. And, <laughs> and, and my mom, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, mom. And she just started laughing. Like, <laughs> I, I, you know, and there's so much. Like, I've had Jurassic Park in my top 10 all time movies. Um, if you ever want to listen to my, uh, my review on that, you know, it's our very first podcast we ever did. We apologize for the sound on that, by the way, <laughs> but I mean, it was just the, the, the theatrical experience on so many levels because of the thriller, because Hey, if you're a kid and you love dinosaurs, I mean, if you grew up loving that sort of thing, I mean, you, and Spielberg brings this to life. I mean, it really is a magical moment. I mean, if you want to. I, kind of words yeah, I don't really good. use that often. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. I mean, I, I will never forget so many scenes. The scene where they pull up in the in the jeep and they see the Brachiosaurus oh, for yeah. the first time. Yeah. It's it's a dinosaur. Uh-huh. <laughs> you did. You crazy son of a bitch. You did. Terrible little book. Cold it doesn't apply. They're totally wrong. This is a warm bodied creature. This thing doesn't live in a swamp. This thing's got what a 25, 27 foot neck. Brachiosaurus 30. The T-Rex is 32 miles an hour. T-Rex? Mm-hmm. You said you've got a T-Rex? Uh-huh. Say again. <laughs> we have a T-Rex. Oh. Put your, put your head between your knees. <laughs> Dr. Grant. My dear Dr. Sattler. Welcome to Jurassic Park. Obviously, when the T-Rex get out, gets out, uh, when the Raptors get out, I mean, so much of the, there's so many great jump sequences 
with the Raptors itself. You know, really the T-Rex, he's so big, he doesn't do a whole lot. You know, you do have kind of like the uh, things are closer in the mirror than they appear moments. Oh, yeah, but yeah. And that's and that's funny. It's humorous. But the Raptor stuff is really what gets you. And I'll never forget. I'll never forget the audience screaming and jumping and yelling. Uh, that was a really, really cool moment. And that's how you're supposed to watch a movie. That's what a theater experience to me yeah. is supposed to be like. Absolutely. And I, and I feel like I, I, I rarely have that these days. Um, so... Yep. Well, it's cool, and you'll never get that. It'll always be your number one because you'll never get to have that experience again. Like, you'll never be able to – I mean, that that was a game changer for you. And I imagine in a lot of ways it probably changed the way you saw movies, right? I don't, I don't right? know. I don't know because, like, you know, while this may have got me on a jump level, like, I still have major reactions – to other movies that, that are of other genres so like we just did spotlight and that hit me at a whole other level True. that's a good point so like i, I still have reactions i don't know you know, i know that's more of a sentimental kind of um Nostalgia, angle yeah whereas jurassic park was more of a thriller jump scare oh, yeah, or like visual stunning we never see anything like that yet you know in theaters so yeah there's there's nostalgia for that i i believe though and actually going to see star wars this weekend i believe that those things still exist yeah. i heard people I, not in my audience, but I heard about people screaming when Han Solo died. I've yeah, heard about I that, heard too. that too. I heard about people screaming, like wailing. Dang it! I probably should have. I probably should have edited that edited out. That out. Um, um, yeah, maybe we shouldn't. Since well, I'll this, bleep that out anyway. Yeah. But like, I heard the people because they didn't see it coming, and people were yeah. upset about it. Well, so I know it still exists. I know you can still get away with it right. in, in, in film. So you know, and this was this was just mine, and this I, I'll I'll never forget it. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I love I love that kind of thing. The first movie I remember seeing in a movie theater at all was also Spielberg um, was E. T. And I considered putting that on. I honestly just don't really remember much about the movie theater experience itself. Like I just remember yeah. going. E. T. is in my honorable mention because you know it scared me to death. Right. You know, but yeah. I was two years old. You yeah. Know, I just remember crying and wanting to leave. Yeah. But, and and the cornfield. I remember the cornfield scene. It's ingrained in the back of my mind. Yeah. But that's it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and when I thought he was going to die because I was really happy. Oh. Yeah. Happy? Both. I was, oh, I was, oh, that's I was, right. I, remember I went from scared that. to death to the happiest kid in the that's same right. movie. The complete opposite of what most normal people felt. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, your number one favorite movie going experience of all time. Far and away. Nothing even else compares to this. Oh, I thought she was talking about the Tom Cruise uh, movie Falling Away. Oh, oh man. Like, that would, whoa. That would be Actually, a Misty weird choice. It's not terrible. <laughs> yeah, but to make this list. I was like, really? <laughs> that would be a really weird choice. Cocktail. Number one. Uh, but, How, yeah. A cocktail? How old am I? <laughs> Okay, so what was your number one? Far and away, not, not even close. Not even close. The Room. Hey, I'm going to jump in here. The Room is my oh number my one. God. The Room is Dude, my number one as well. you've never experienced so anything weird. like... No, you have to... If you ever get the opportunity to watch it in a theater, you have to take it. You have, have to, to take, take it. it. Have to take it. Have Especially to. now that you're in love with movies. I feel like people who really love and appreciate good movies appreciate how bad this is here here's the okay i feel like i have to watch this with a group of people you You do do. absolutely 
Jake, okay, this is the best way I can explain it to you. The Room is our generation's The Rocky Horror Picture Show. You know how The Rocky Horror Picture Show was... Only more entertaining, if yeah. you ask me. But but you know how it, it's iconic because of the midnight showings and how people dress up right. and how they yell out things at the screen. And, and it became not even about the movie anymore. It came about going to it and, and experiencing it with others, and it became this big thing. That's how The Room has become. And going to see it for the first time with a group of people who were throwing spoons at the screen. <laughs> every time. It was so, people had just huge boxes of plastic spoons. spoons. And every time, everybody would just chuck spoons in the air and yell, Spoon! And, and, then, <laughs> and then, like, when the Golden Gate, there's all these shots of the Golden Gate Bridge, and they would, do you remember what they would Oh, uh, hi, Golden Gate oh, Bridge. Hi, Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> every time it would come up. Well, and, there's a There's key, so many. There are a few key lines in the movie that and, you're tearing me apart, Lisa. And everyone uh, in the entire th- would yell it out top at the of same their lungs. time at the top of their really? lungs when he said it. It's just it's an experience unlike it is such a fun, fun experience. Hi, babe. These are for you. Thanks, honey. They're beautiful. Did you get your promotion? Nah. You didn't get it, did you? But son of a bitch told me that I would get it within three months. I saved them bundles. They're crazy. I don't think I will ever get it. They betrayed me. They didn't keep their promise. They tricked me and I don't care anymore. Did you tell them how much you saved them? Of course, what do you think? They already put my ideas into practice. The bank saves money, and they are using me, and I am the fool. I still love you. You're the only one who does. At least you have friends. I didn't get any calls today. You're right. The computer business is too competitive. Do you want me to order a pizza? Whatever, I don't care. I already ordered a pizza. <laughs> you think about everything. <laughs> What's the matter? You all right? It's just a lousy promotion. You know what you need? You need a drink. I don't drink. You know that. How often does it like does it go around? You know how often? I... Like every ten years. Well, 15? apparently in L.A. and New York, once a month there's a midnight showing in hmm. L.A. and New York. Uh, now, I know that, like, you know, we're a smaller market here in Tulsa and Oklahoma City. Um, we actually – Dallas – We had to go to the Inwood in Dallas for this. Yeah, and I think they do it, like, once a year. Um, but do they? I, yeah, I've read that. Oh, okay. Now, next time – we should just do it – if you're listening to this, Jacob, anyone who hasn't seen The Room um, or haven't seen it with a live audience – uh, Google search next time it's coming close to your town because you'll never have more fun in a movie theater than seeing the room. That's a big I, statement. I will suggest that's a big statement. I will suggest watching it with friends beforehand so yes. you can be in on the joke. Okay. Yes, because if you're watching it for the first time, people are talking and laughing and quoting the lines at the same time. So if this is your first viewing. You you really need to watch it beforehand so you know all the jokes so you're yeah. in on it when you get there. I yeah. wonder what this movie has has grossed. I'm real curious. Yeah, I'm curious as well, and I'm curious how accurate it would 
be right? because I don't know if they could even track all these. Was it even originally le- released in a theater? Uh, it doesn't it doesn't stay, uh, uh, just see that? Just I didn't know how it was yeah. six million, which is hilarious because you watch wow. it and you, <laughs> you think wanted... you spent forty dollars on this. Well, that was another. <laughs> that's another hilarious thing about this movie. He didn't know how to make a movie. He didn't know which kind of cameras he was supposed to buy, so he bought them all. <laughs> no, yeah, they're filmed on a bunch of different types. Yeah. Like, some it, are digital, some are film. Yeah, like some people were, were telling hmm. to get digital. Some people were telling to get film. Some people were telling to get a specific type. So he didn't know what to do, so he just stressed out and bought every single one. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yep, that's exactly what happened. I, um, I, see, I remember when I was researching all the clips when we were putting together our, our – uh, what was our indie movie list? I think it was yes. our indie movies list. And um, – researching the clips i mean i was cringing and we actually watched a couple here too that's while i was looking and it was just like i can't believe what i was watching but i caught myself a week after going oh hi lisa uh, <laughs> you know, that's yeah, all right. a couple things <laughs> see, so just, and that's without even watching the movie right yeah you need to see the whole thing and it helped that you all were like laughing a whole lot about it yeah and you have you have to watch it with other people because if you watch it by yourself it's just a bad movie. If you watch it <laughs> yeah. with other people, it's so much fun. And then if you go into a public forum with a whole theater full of people, it just ups it that much more. You all in your cult movies, but I'll actually go with you on this one, all right? Okay. <laughs> we need to have a night. We just need to make a night where we all watch it together. Maybe have Misty over. She hasn't seen it yet. Oh, we she can... hasn't? No. Oh. She's heard me talk about it as yeah, well. This needs so we to need happen. To all watch it, yeah. That's funny. We didn't even talk about that before. I didn't know that was going to be your number one, but I assumed it would be. Um, it's so easily a number one. Yeah. Now let's get to our honorable mentions. Jacob, what are some movie theater experiences you didn't mention that you loved? I've got five here. I'm not going to spend too much time on them. The Dark Knight, because I knew I was watching something special when yeah. Heath Ledger was on screen. I remember leaning That's over to my friend point. and saying, wow, he's really, really good in this. And even halfway in the movie, just thinking to myself, he's so good in this, he could get nominated. Yep. I just knew I was watching something amazing. I, I 100% agree with yeah. that. Um, Braveheart. I was 15 years old. Oh, yeah. And I remember so – well, gosh, it was so bloody for – we hadn't really seen an epic like that quite yet. and uh, But really, for some reason, I always remember the closing scene where they throw the, the sword in the air and it lands in the ground. Huh. And it just oh, sits yeah. there just waving yeah. back and forth. I remember that, that image vividly. I think mainly because I snuck into it uh, at the tail end of it and saw that. And then I taught my parents that same scene, and then I ta- taught my parents, and it taken me, you know, within the week or so, and I got to see the whole thing and saw that same scene again. So that could be it. Not enough to make my top five just because of one shot, right? But that's you know? cool. And why just a sword when there's so many great images right. in that movie? You know, blue face paint and yeah. people's legs getting torn off, and you know, whatever. But I don't know. I always just uh, wrong too. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, yes. the first movie, yeah. 1990. That's a great first choice. movie I ever saw back to back in one day. Nice. It might be the only movie I've <laughs> I was going to say, like, how many times have you done day. this? Um, but definitely the first movie I ever saw twice at a theater. That's um, awesome. Did and, you just sit there and wait for it to start again? Yeah, and we walked That's out, awesome. and, and someone said there. I think maybe I ran into a friend, and I asked my mom, and she said it was cool, and we just walked right back in. That's awesome. Uh, it was really, I did that with one movie. I can't remember. I did what that it when was. I was a kid as well, and I can't remember what. The, I think I did it a couple times when I was a kid, but I don't remember which one. I just sat there while they cleaned. Yeah, I didn't even get up. Yeah, I mean, uh, most Ninja Turtle fans will say that's the best one. I don't really see how, how it can't be. It is by far the best one, and it was just a special thing for a ten year old kid. Yeah, uh, so cool. Signs. Was hey, really, I love signs. Really memorable for me because basically the scene where 
his, that hand crawls out front of the door. I was holding my girlfriend's leg, and I squeezed it so hard, I put her on the floor. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I, yeah, I jumped Take so bad. Oh, I jumped so bad. Like That's I, hilarious. I was, I was and, thinking how impressive it was that he was that strong. Um, well, and the very next scene, thank God, was. was when they had the foil on their heads, because we were because we were trying oh, not to yeah. laugh. And that was a very, we, we laughed so loud that people were probably like, why are they laughing so loud? Because I, she was in excruciating pain. Her thigh was, <laughs> I'm a wuss. That is awesome. Uh, and then my last one is, cause Rachel reminded me of this. I, I went and saw Jaws in Pittsburgh and I'd never seen it on the big screen. And to see a movie like that with a group of people yeah. who had never seen it before and you hear them scream and react to a movie that I've watched for years. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. It was a really cool moment. Uh, it just kind of what Rage said about a lot of your favorite movies. And I was like, oh, yeah, duh. I saw, it's like, when I saw Jaws, and actually Gremlins too, but Jaws by far, it was, it was so cool to see people's reaction. Yeah. Because it's just one of those movies where you want to share – so many let's say you want to share your favorite movies with people you know have never seen it and you would have to watch their reactions right. and watch the movie. yes yeah. I um, know exactly what you're talking you about you know what's crazy too is that um, the scene where the man floats out from under the boat you know oh, yeah. the oh hole, that part eating out of the hole makes me jump okay I've seen this movie 1500 times and I still jumped in the theater because when you have surround sound going yeah. on on yeah. the big screen I, yeah. I knew it was coming but at the same time it got me it's the biggest jump scare in the entire movie yeah, strangely definitely. yeah um, so that was really cool nice uh, Rachel, some honorable mentions for you. I just have a few. One of the Bourne movies, I don't even remember which one, but it was only re- memorable because I was in Montana with my friend and we went to this little podunk town that had probably just the one theater. And it was actually a movie theater built inside a live like play theater. They had put a screen up where the the plays like up on the stage. It was really weird, but I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Popcorn was super cheap. I think it was like 75 cents or something like that. And I was like, oh, this is such a cool little theater. So we're sitting there watching it. And then all of a sudden, the curtains come down. And they did an intermission right in the middle of a Bourne movie, which aren't like long movies. (laughs) They just like paused it and took an intermission That's so it was weird. the weirdest thing and and everybody else there i mean lived in this little town and they were used to it but my friend beth and i were like what the crap what is happening kill. right like, now there's no slow moments in the born no, movie so and so it's like you just stop in the middle of an action sequence and like yeah, i guess i'll basically go it, it was like they <laughs> so waited till the halfway point and then hit pause and just <laughs> put the curtain down it was the weirdest thing ever so i'll remember that forever i've never had that happen again I saw The Lion King about a million times. I remember being the annoying kids in the theater that were singing along to all the songs because I had probably (laughs) seen it like 10 times. And I saw it at Brixton Square, if anybody remembers that. Brixton, yeah, that theater was super old and has been out of business. I also did the same thing with The X-Files, which I saw at AMC when it used to be located on Northwest Expressway forever ago. There's an express personnel there now. But I probably saw X-Files... 10, 15 times. Really? I was really obsessed with the X-Files. I I really loved that show for a while and loved David Duchovny, so Mm. I just watched it a lot. And then the last one I have... Real quick, spinoff of that. Did you watch Californication? I watched the first two seasons. Did you like it? Not really. Okay. All right. Never mind. (laughs) Um, The last one I have is actually Texas Chainsaw. That terrible... Texas Chainsaw Massacre spinoff. The remake that came out like 10 years ago? No, the remake that came out like... Three years ago. Yeah. You're thinking of the oh. Jessica Biel one. Yeah. This is the Alexandria. It's Dodgeria just called one. Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. Oh. And it is terrible. <laughs> but Brandon and I 
saw that movie and we made so much fun of it that it was a lot of fun to make fun it of. It was so much fun to make fun of that because I remember so that terrible. being one of my most enjoyable movie going experiences just because we made fun of it so much. And it was also really enjoyable for me because it introduced me to Alexandria Dodrio and she wore a, a white tight tank top through half the movie. That she did. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to steal that from you. But it was true. enjoyable for me on it both was, levels. <laughs> it, was, it was a terrible movie, but it was a lot of fun. If somebody would have been recording us, we could have we could have totally beat out Mystery Science Theater on that one. <laughs> there were some really, really good jokes happening that night. We were both really on. <laughs> That's All right. right. How about you both? Uh, my, I got some good ones. I'll breeze through these first few. The Godfather and UHF um, and A Nightmare on Elm Street and Tetro. Because you mentioned them all, but they were all really, really cool experiences. Tetra? Tetra. Cool. Yeah. Um, I would actually like to mention Revenge of the Sith, the third Star Wars prequel, because I actually, it was the only time in my movie going history that I ever dressed up. Dressed up. Get out of here. You dressed dressed up for a Star Wars movie? I dressed up for a Star Wars movie. I was Darth Vader. Thank you. But no. But no. Let (laughs) me tell you how Brandon dressed up for that. He, he can we, find a picture. It's on my saying. I looked all over the place. Oh, for him. I couldn't, that's what I've been looking for oh, this entire time. Y'all have been talking. Because you know I was going to mention it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, by dressed up, we put, I think my roommate and I at the time helped you do that. She made a Darth Vader mask on a paper plate. Yes. She drew it on there really well, though. She did draw a really good Darth Vader mask on that paper plate. And then we rubber banded it. Um, he had a trash bag for a cape and then we made a lightsaber out of toilet paper rolls, paper towel rolls, yeah. something like that. But we wrapped him <laughs> up in paper and he totally did that. And then his friend Larry also dressed up for the occasion and he got a chewy mask made with yarn pushed through <laughs> a paper plate. It, but you, you were both huge hits like, oh we were huge all those. Like, I mean, it was the, poor, the poor man it was uh, it was purposely terrible <laughs> it was purposely <laughs> sure. terrible sure. costumes and that was the whole point because i'd made a joke i was like man it's gonna be so much fun to go and like see all the nerds dressed up it's gonna be awesome all this stuff no offense uh but you don't get dressed <laughs> up so. okay no, uh, I don't. No, no so i was like it's gonna be so much fun and uh i was like man i wish i could dress up it'd be so much fun and so it became this whole joke I was like, okay, fine. I'll dress up if you make me a costume. I said to her and her roommate. And so they did. It was terrible, but everybody loved. Like, you know, everybody's wearing these legit outfits. Yeah, at least it's stylized, at least. I mean, in a way, yeah. it is kind of cool. Yeah. And so there's this dude that was uh, like a legit Jedi with a legit lightsaber and all that stuff. And he was like kind of showing off to the crowd and they were oohing and on. And then, of course, I went up to him randomly and I like, like, <laughs> oh, dude, like they took him on in front of the crowd and the crowd went nuts. They I'm loved not, it. They I mean, loved there was like so cheering much. and whistling and stuff like that. And we fought we, him with his legit lightsaber that probably cost him like a thousand dollars and me with my paper towel roll lightsaber. It was amazing. It's he, like a human being versus a cartoon character. Yeah, yes. And he beat me, by the way. Uh, but that was a lot of fun. I also want to mention The Merchant of Venice, the uh, Shakespeare movie starring Al Pacino. But that's not actually the reason. Um, I actually drove all the way down to the Angelica Theater in Dallas to see this movie. It's an it's an indie movie theater, and it was the first time I opened my eyes to other movie theaters outside of the three that were in Oklahoma at the time that just showed movies. This showed foreign films, uh, indie movies. They served alcohol. You could take alcohol into the movies with you. 
uh, it was this really cool experience. I was like, whoa. And since then, I've like seeked out cool indie movie theaters for that reason. I only went there because it was the only place remotely close to me showing this Pacino movie. But it kind of uh, opened my eyes to more cool movie theaters. Um, the most random movie that's going to be on this whole list of all of ours, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Uh, I'm only mentioning it because it was the very first movie that Misty and I ever because saw Because she's going to be listening, and so you have to mention <laughs> nah. it. So, so that was our very first movie we ever saw together, which is hilarious. I also do want to mention the Draft House Theater in Dallas. It's one of the coolest and oldest uh, movie theaters there is to go to, and they do all kinds of cool events. And we went to a 90s sing-along. It was two hours of 90s music videos, and they played the words, and everybody sang along, and they gave you like instruments to play and stuff like that. That was a ton of fun. And then the last one I want to mention... Sounds loud. It was a lot of fun. It was <laughs> loud. And people got drunk because, again, they were serving alcohol. Oh, yeah. So it was, it was like a big party atmosphere. Uh, last one I'm going to mention, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. I was 13 years old. I just got We just got done watching um, some cartoon movie or something like that. I was with my little sister, who was two years younger than me. So I was 13. She was 11. This movie stars Andrew Dice Clay. We were waiting for my mom to pick us up, and so we just went into that movie theater um, to watch this movie because I'd seen this comedian before, and I thought he was funny. And uh, we got kicked out of the movie theater, and Usher came in and came over and talked to us. She was like, where's your parents at? And I said that they were in the bathroom, and they'd be coming back. And so the usher left, came back in like 10 minutes and said, uh, where's your parents at? I was like, oh, they must still be in the bathroom. And they're like, you're going to have to leave. Uh, and the, I'll never forget the usher told me that Andrew Dice Clay is a really naughty man and I shouldn't be watching his movie. <laughs> so I got kicked out of the movie theater for watching Andrew Dice Clay. Oh, so, on a related note, shout out to it. Bad Santa with your mom. There's a memorable <laughs> yeah, experience. Yeah, that's that's true. Good Ooh. call. Yeah, so, is it even... I'm sure it's rated R. Yeah, it's rated R. I mean, he was pretty dirty, but... I've never heard of it. I mean, it's got 14,000 votes on IMDb, kind of surprisingly. He was a big deal at the time. Any last thoughts, you guys? Uh, I will say that Spider-Man 3 was one of the hardest laughs I ever had. I'm serious. <laughs> My friend and I, it was so bad, we were laughing. In fact, we became the guys who couldn't quit laughing in the theater. Ah, kind of like the time, here's another good one, when I was watching <laughs> Titanic, and I was sitting next to the only kid in the movie that laughed when the guy hit his leg in the propeller. <laughs> and I could not quit laughing because the kid next to me couldn't quit laughing. This little kid that would is, not quit laughing. And awesome. everyone else was crying, and we're laughing. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Oh, I wish I would have been there with yeah, that. Yeah, I just but. thought about that. But that also happened in Spider-Man 3. And I'm not just saying that to pick on Spider-Man 3, right. but like we could not quit laughing. It, we, it was so bad. And so I... Just, no, I take no offense because that's how I felt about The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> 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 that is Pulp Fiction, our top five favorite movie theater experiences of all time. Be sure to let us know what your favorite movie theater experience is there in the comments below. You see them? Okay, right there. Thank you. Bye-bye.